Hello everyone! Welcome to Europeans at Heart, a podcast created and hosted by young European investors in the European Union and United Kingdom. Today, we will go further with our special edition, and in this episode, we will focus on the real facts and how to separate them from the misinformation so widespread on the media about the tragic situation happening in Ukraine right now. In this episode, I'm here to present Anna, who will give us some insights while having a background of a young person who spent a big part of her life both in Russia and in Poland, completing her education and dedicating lots of her time to volunteering in academic activities. Anna, I believe that our listeners are quite intrigued now. Please give us more details about yourself. Hello, everyone. Thank you for the invitation. I'm very glad that I had the opportunity to speak with you in such difficult times. I believe that our only effective weapon is information. And uh, we should talk as much as possible about war and about the events related to war taking place at the moment from the point of view of various experts. So I just want to tell you a few words about my early life. Uh, despite the fact that I am Polish by nationality, I was born in Moscow and lived there most of my life. So I went there to school, made my first friends and in general grew up. I graduated from the Faculty of Law of the All Russian State University of Justice in Moscow. And in the same time, I studied at the Faculty of Law at the University of Warsaw. So I tried to lead an uh, active student life everywhere. Originally in Russia, I was a full-time college student and then everything looked different. So we traveled abroad and communicated with representatives of other countries. I have uh, participated in many competitions. And when I moved to my homeland, Poland, I was more active at the Polish University and I was a member of many scientific circles. Uh, for example, my favorite scientific circle, uh, Law and East, organized many events with representatives of Russian, Ukrainian and Belarusian universities. When I was uh, the president of this circle, uh, we managed to achieve great results. And now I'm very sorry because, for example, with some partners, we cannot continue to cooperate at the moment as before. So I can say that my so-called double education was a unique experience. And unfortunately, it was not easy. At the same time, I saw completely two different paths to different student communities. For example, in Poland, it was considered absolutely normal to participate in demonstrations and openly express our opinions um, regarding the adoption of new laws. Different students had uh, different points of view, but there was no ban on the peaceful presentation of our views. And, you know, it's not secret that in Russia, in case of uh, participation in protests, the university authorities may decide to expel the students participating uh, in such events. I think most of us actually saw from the beginning the video, a video as seemingly recorded by the students of the MGMO University in Moscow, Russia, and actually even more photos, videos of students, even in schools and 
like actually even in kindergartens uh, with kids, pupils, students showing this um, kind of letters, uh, Z or V, um, or V, depends how people will name it, in which language. Uh, and uh, they are showing actually the support voluntarily, at least that's the way it looks like from the start. They are showing their support to the army of Russia, which is now continuing the war in Ukraine. And knowing that you completed your studies in Moscow too, could you tell us something more about education in Russia? Like what is the general approach that is taking in it about Russia's history, relations with the European Union and the Eastern Partnership countries? Also, I think that uh, many have seen a joke on the internet. Um, if you feel useless, remember that someone is currently studying in the Faculty of International Relations at MGIMO, Moscow State University of International Relations, and uh, that says a lot. Unfortunately, at the moment, in my opinion, almost all educational institutions in Russia are subject to the current regime. Many of them propagate and justify the war including the leading university in the field of international relations, MGIMO. Uh, what could I say uh, about Russian education in general? Um, it depends on the institution. If we are talking about the quality of education, I can say that Russia has a lot of outstanding scientists and specialists, but unfortunately, these advantages cannot be fully uh, used at the moment. So to my mind, uh, universities such as the, for example, higher school of economics, which are not under individual ministries, are more liberal and more open. And of course, a few years ago, uh, there was no such significant differences. So now I can notice that, for example, the influence of the state is recognizable at some universities. I think that the basis uh, for the perception of other countries is still um, established at school. When I was studying at school, Russia was different. So there was uh, no open intolerance of European Union countries. Of course, I can notice that Russia has always been presented as a power that has an advantage uh, over others. But I could say that it was not absolute. For example, uh, I remember that uh, the only winner of the Second World War was the USSR. And now uh, it's difficult to imagine that Ukraine, which was also part of the Union, is an enemy. I could say that uh, with the passage of time, the European Union also has become an invisible en enemy that should be criticized uh, for alleged threats. Um, do you generally speaking agree with the perspective taken by educational system in Russia on these topics? And um, if no, maybe, how would you change it? I think that the problem lies in the fact that many people are not interested in anything other than uh, their studies and spheres of activity. And maybe they're afraid to get their heads out of the sand. So it works. I mean that uh, Russian propaganda primarily lies in the imagined style of the past. Russia does not think about the future. Russia respects the past. 80 years after the start of the Second World War, children still participate in the celebration of Victory Day in military uniforms and caps called pilotka. 
I saw a lot of photos of how elementary school students play in performances uh, of soldiers marching in schools. They say we can repeat. They make photos with that science, as you mentioned earlier. So I think that the worst thing is that many parents support this and believe that this education, this patriotic education is the basis of um, properly functioning state. But I think that in fact, everything needs to be done that such terrible events as uh, Second World War never happen again. I think that Russia is preparing the future generation for constant conflict and readiness for the hostilities. I think that propaganda is aimed at justifying what's happening and that's part of the culture and that you need to respond to the provocation of the enemy. If the children from uh, a very young age are involved in that, they simply have no choice and they would uh, they they should not have a different point of view but not only children also adults not even try to find out the other side of the coin uh, legislation is being adopted to implement criminal liability for disseminating information about the war and in general for calling the war a war not a special operation Continuing uh, the ideas that you are, are telling me right now, and I want to also mention that the statistics that uh, are available at the moment, they are showing to us that in Russia now more than half of the population, but much more than the half of the population, agrees with the tactics used by the Putin regime. And it's uh, quite interesting, the information that you're giving to me, because you already, you know, this culture much better than I do, because you lived there. And um, from what I get, from what you're explaining, you want to tell us that uh, so many people are actually believing that the West is doing the whole propaganda, and even some uh, Russian nationals believe that there is no actual war in Ukraine, because it's easier for them to believe like that. It's easier to accept this kind of a reality instead of accepting that it was all a mistake and it's actually a shame on a nation. What do you think? Why so many are falling into this? Yes, I mean it. And I think that it's difficult for people to even imagine that it's possible to leave the comfort zone, that there are other opinions. Uh, at the moment, in the 21st century, all people have access to information via the internet. But many feel more comfortable thinking that government officials know better uh, how domestic and foreign policy should look like. It's also maybe a consequence of the fact that many adults, like me, for example, have lived all their lives under the same authority. When... Putin became president, I was four years old. And despite the fact that many traveled, talked with other people from different countries, many Russian citizens simply do not see an um, alternative and think that it can only get worse. Propaganda has been working for a long time and many are sure that the 90s we are the worst times and everyone is terribly afraid of returning to this event. Mm -hmm. So seeing how much people are influenced under the propaganda of the Putin regime, 
Um, could you please tell us more, how are you securing yourself to not fall into this trap too? I could say another few words about me. It's much better to use yourself as an example. Uh, when I lived in Russia as a teenager, I have never been afraid to speak directly about my views. And I have always tried to be interested in the political life. Um, I tried to keep up to date with uh, what's happening in the world. My awareness of issues related to the political situation around the world developed separately because I myself was interested in this. And like everyone else, I graduated from high school. I went on to further studies, entered the faculty of law, of course, was interested in different things. And over time, I began to notice how freedom of speech is limited on in Russia, how the population is forced to think the same way. Uh, I could say factory-made way, and in accordance with the postulates generally accepted by the state. Therefore, I believe that the only way to fight disinformation is to constantly seek information from another sources, from various sources. The most important thing is to be interested in the issue and not close in the cocoon of propaganda and one-side opinions. I think that wealth lies not in money, but in knowledge. This knowledge, which can be transformed into a civil position and few main point of view. And I want to mention that far from all Russians would like integration with the European Union and the West. And I think that Russia has a long way to become full-fledged civil society. I believe that everyone uh, has the right to their point of view, but if it's not openly contrary to the law and morality. At the same time, uh, we need to separate propaganda from uh, established opinion. Continuing further, what do you think are the main myths that the population is trusting and uh, are falling for the fake news in this way? Could you please also debunk them maybe? That's my favorite issue. And I will try to express my opinion concisely. Donbass, where we eight years ago, NATO should have attacked us and we are just defending ourselves. And my favorite, and now I will show you where the attack was being prepared on Belarus. It's my favorite. And the last one, Russia does not start wars, Russia ends it. And I could say that at the very beginning of the war, I spent a huge amount of time arguing with the Russians. I sincerely tried to convey the truth to them. But in the end, I realized that some people do not want to believe in what's happening. And um, I'm not talking about everyone. Of course, many people do not want war and approach this issue, but many of them choose to blindly believe in propaganda and not even try to find a refutation. In spite of everything, um, I see that the most ardent fans of Putin are waking up. And I know that many of my friends really do not want this war. Unfortunately, I think that 
opinion in society that the majority is for war, that war is cool and it's necessary. Uh, it's not true because I think that many people uh, are against war, but uh, they think that uh, majority is for. So many people don't express opinions more openly and uh, don't protest because they think that majority uh, is for war. And I could say that, like Putin said, all those who now oppose the war and did not uh, notice how the war was going on in the Donbass for eight years, uh, all these eight years, Vladimir Putin has refused proposals to think, uh, to send peacekeepers to the Donbass under the auspices of the UN. And now, uh, two years after the beginning of the war, the conflict has de facto acquired the status of frozen. And suddenly, President of Russia decided to save the Donbass, after which the number of victims among civilians in Ukraine exceeds the number of this over these eight years. That's definitely shady, I would say. And not just in this subject, but in many other subjects and arguments that the Putin regime is using just to, you know, to attach uh, the popularity of his side. That's, that's very shady. Um, I want to ask you also, what are your advices for young people in Russia on how they can use their forces on stopping authoritarian power and make the war stop? First of all, we all, not only Russians, have to work on awareness. It's necessary to help others to find their way to the truth. Unfortunately, there are a lot of wars going on in the world. In the case of uh, this armed conflict, the issue is zero one. Like it's clearly uh, understanding situation. When it comes to uh, effective counteraction, uh, our power is the world. For example, I publish content that shows what crimes the Russian army is carrying out during the invasion. And I try to talk to people and convince them that without expressing an open opinion, Putin will not resist, and there are no excuse can, which can justify what's happening right now. And I'm sure that humanity will win, and I know wonderful Russians, many wonderful Russians, and I hope that they are not only shaping the, their future and a better future for the whole world. I totally agree with the measures that you proposed. I'm also trying to follow them. You know, I actually also observed uh, there's some sort of influence um, on the social media that people might actually be, you know, not for the war, being all for the peace. But the way they are posting things um, in their stories or as posts on their social media per general, uh, it's trying somehow to discredit the Ukrainian side, even if they're not really fully agreeing with the Russian side, but what they're usually posting is just something that will discredit the Ukrainian side, which is uh, actually influencing a lot 
uh, their uh, people surrounding them. Uh, because in this way, you know, you see more information about disc discrediting one of the sides, more and more of it. And if you don't post actually the whole picture, people will see just, you know, everything one-sided. So it's quite important if you start to, uh, to take this in your hands, to try to inform people around, you really need to be as trustworthy as possible, you know, for real, to check all of the news everywhere, all of the information in different media outlets, but also to try to expose uh, everything, not just from one side, and to still be realistic in everything that you are posting. Um, so, Anna, I want to say that it was really a very productive and interesting discussion with you. I thank you for your dedicated time for informing others about the disastrous reality happening right now and helping them to fact check the news about Ukraine. I think it's not just me, but many more of the people appreciating the actions you're taking. I wish you and everyone else lots of forces to keep doing that. You gave us very useful methods and how to help in the current circumstances, trust me. And uh, now I want to remind our dear listeners that if you want to be fully notified about the new coming episodes, please subscribe and don't forget to follow us on our Instagram and Facebook pages, which will be named as EU Neighbors East. Also, if you want to involve in volunteering actions helping the Ukrainian refugees in the UK, Sweden, Moldova and Poland, please check the previous podcast episodes from this season. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of our podcast and stay safe, debunking the myths and never give up in the fight against fake news. Bye! Thank you.